This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hi, this is Brandon Steiner. You're listening to the Jake Brown Podcast. And welcome back to the Jake Brown Show. Radio.com, iTunes, and Spotify is where you're finding finding us at Jake Brown Radio, at Jake Brown Show on social media. Joining us now is the man, the myth, the legend. You might know Steiner Sports, and he is the CEO and founder of it, Brandon Steiner himself. Uh, Steiner, how you doing, man? I'm good. It's a beautiful day. Um, no complaints. Things and I, are rolling. And you're obviously a big Yankee fan, so I can't imagine... Uh, you're any happier than uh, right now and maybe even the prospect of getting Garrett Cole and just what the Yankees have done this offseason. I just want to clarify, I am a big Yankee fan. I've always been a Yankee fan, but I'm a fan also of any team and players that are making me money. <laughs> I, I do, I'm not going to be bashful about the fact that I do change hats often. But, you know, when it's all said and done, when I put my head down at night, I always keep an eye on the Yankees, I'm not going to lie, and the Syracuse Orange, but... Other than that, I mean, I could become a fan of a lot of different teams that would probably surprise the audience. But you know, you you know, you're rooting for you know, you're rooting for the guys that are supporting your company and supporting your livelihood. You'd be surprised some of the teams I've been rooting for, nice and quietly. <laughs> I can't imagine there's many of those Mets on that list. Um, yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> With the way their payrolls go right now, the Mets are saying they, they might only have, the reports are they might only have 10 million left to spend, and they have a whole roster to fill almost. They have a, a hole at almost every uh, position. So as a Mets fan, this has just been a aggravating off season as it gets, as the Yankees just pick up Stanton like it's nothing. Um, and one of your guys, unfortunately, that you did work with, Starlin Castro. I mean, that must have been tough losing him, right? It was tough. I mean, I think it's tough for the Yankees to lose him because you're still losing 50 points a batting average. You're losing a, a quality all-star second baseman. Granted, you got a home run hitter, which, you know, chicks dig the long ball, and I get mm -hmm. it. But, you know, I, I, you know, baseball, a lot of it is about average and putting the ball in play, being consistent up the middle. I'm, I'm nervous. I don't. I love the move. I'm always supportive of the Yankee moves. But also, it wasn't like a no-brainer. I mean, people get on Derek Jeter for making that move, but he saved $26 million, got an all-star second baseman, and some draft picks. Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, yeah. not bad. I mean, you know, for a rookie owner, GM. Yeah. But he uh, gets a lot of heat down there, boys. They throw him in the skillet quickly, but I don't know. I mean, I, I love Castro. I was a big fan of his. He's a really good quality guy. Uh, and a very young player. I mean, people don't realize he's a very young player that has a, a very still a very big upside. Yeah, and, and I think people just hated the fact that it was Jeter that did it and it went to the Yankees. But it wasn't a terrible trade, and they got rid of that huge deal in the Yankees with the team to take it. I mean, the, the lines in Vegas have to be uh, the Yankees way up top to lead the league in home runs, you would think. You would not make much money if you bet on them. Uh, Project X is a show you're doing on Facebook, Brandon, and um, it's it's kind of like a, a mini Shark Tank, but it's it's a platform for college students, graduates, individuals making career transition, business owners, uh, to try and take this great idea 
uh, to the next level. Tell us about this new show that you started. Well, you know, I'm pretty active uh, for those. You know, most people follow me online. I'm very active on Facebook and Twitter, LinkedIn. I'm all over it. I love it. Not bad for a 58-year-old CEO, but I, I, I love talking and communicating with my customers and people and finding out what's really going on out there. And, and social media gives you that opportunity. What upsets me is when I sit there and, and, and what really got me going. And, and I, listen, I'm a serial entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. It just isn't recent since I can remember. You know, from eight years old, I put a lot of lemonade stands out of business. I was hustling on the streets of Brooklyn, and I'm not bashful to. You know, I, I love entrepreneurism, and I respect it. I think it's courageous to come up with an idea and bring it to market. But I was sitting on the couch, and I, the last year or two, been watching the Shark Tank show, which I love Mark Cuban, and mm-hmm. I have a lot of respect for him. And, and I really used to love the show. But then they started getting all kind of, you know, kind of twisted with the guests and, and coming down hard on them. And I felt like they weren't really treating it with enough respect or empathy you know, for how courageous they were to get on a show like that, come up with these ideas, invest a lot of their money, time, their future, and coming up with these ideas. So I said, you know, I want to take my platform, and I want to help people. I don't have a vested interest in this show as far as trying to make money or invest in these people. I'm just trying to hook them up and connect them with investors or, in some cases, just give them the next steps. Having been down this road a bunch of times from an entrepreneurial standpoint, I think a lot of times people just get stuck. And, and they get a bump on the road, puts them on the side of the road. And I, I want to have a show that can help people show, you know, some compassion for people with different ideas. And they're young, old, college kids that are all just trying to take an idea to market. It could be a business plan they're lacking. It could be a, a, an investor. It could be just finding a distribution cycle uh, path, you know, whatever it is. We bring it up on the show. People can watch, and I think a lot of people have the same similar problems, and that's what Project X is about. It's just about connecting people with other people that maybe normally can't get a hold of. There's no price to pay to come on the show, no hype, no fees, no. there's no hidden agenda, just helping the world of entrepreneurism go forward. I think it's a hot topic with uh, young, young ones. Entrepreneurism is hot. It's a hot topic in schools these days. Uh, I'm not sure the high schools and uh, elementary schools have caught on to the fact that, you know, they need to start talking about the what else and what's next and, and maybe throw away some of the algebra and trigger, trigonometry books. Maybe we can get on with some real learning for some of the kids that want to just figure out the next big idea and talk about those things in the classroom a little bit. But, I mean, that's just my take on it. I mean, I get a little crazy when I think about a lot of time being wasted in school when you have so much energy with kids wanting to hustle and do some things, and you should feed into some of that and move a little bit away from some of the traditional learning that we've been going through. Because that's easy if the kids want to learn it, but I don't think it's necessary. Yeah, and you, you've had different uh, kinds. Of, you've got guys with shoes, night grind clothing, um, just some some different. Paige Hathaway, who, uh, by the way, is gorgeous. Uh, oh, God. Oh, my Very goodness. difficult interviewing. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. You know, I have... 75 pods and they've been amazing you know pods and live but interviewing her was difficult (laughs) and and then she dropped the whole she's single thing and i was like oh might have to give her a follow on instagram and i don't know but but here's uh, the thing though and and i I think it's worth bringing up like you have this you know beautiful woman mm -hmm. who obviously is very heavily into working out and and was and we really was a nice person you know really just nice but it doesn't you don't have to be a rocket scientist like she came up with a great workout routine, mm-hmm. right? 
and mm-hmm. charges four dollars a week. Hey, anybody could pay four dollars, two hundred dollars a year. But meanwhile, she's got thousands of people paying it. <laughs> she's rocking. Yeah. And I and, and that's good for her. I mean, that's a great entrepreneurial story. Like I think sometimes people think they got to come up with this multi-million-dollar idea. Nope. She came up with a four-dollar-a-week idea. She works out every morning, puts the camera on. You watch her work out, and you do her workout because we all want to look like her. And you pay four dollars a week. Yeah, and a lot of guys, I'm sure, have no problem paying four dollars to look at her every week, and uh, she is a lot killing of it. Women too. Yeah, She's exactly. Got a lot of women followers too that want that want to you oh, know, follow her, her, you know, her structure and how she's gotten herself in shape. So I think everybody has, if you really think about it, you know, we all are all sitting with an idea and, and sometimes it, you don't have to make it more into more than what it is. Yeah, for sure. And people yeah. have created such, uh, turn their Instagram outlets into money makers, and it's insane uh, what people could do, do just on that platform, not even talking about Facebook and Twitter and everything else. Yeah. Uh, Brandon Steiner joining us from Steiner Sports. Uh, tell us about how, how you started it all in Steiner Sports uh, way back in the day. I mean, I'm, you know, with 30 years, so, you know, I'm very blessed that, you know, we started Steiner 30 years ago. I didn't think I'd be around for 30 minutes. And, you know, I mean, I've always felt like I was going to have my own companies and, and build my own business. That was not a surprise. People say you're surprised to have built what you've done. No, I'm not. I mean, I, I dreamt of this my whole life that I'd owned a company. I love the management part of it. I mean, I wasn't, I didn't see the sports. You know, back when I was a kid, there was no sports business. And even 30 years ago, it was very little sports business. So that was surprising. But um, I think, you know, the key is, is you know, you have to have a little foresight. And if you're thinking of starting something, you know, kind of the Wayne Gretzky thing, don't go where the puck is, you know, go to where you think it's going to go. And, uh, you know, you got to have a little bit of a strategy and a little bit of a vision, I think, when you want to start something, particularly a business, but even more so with an industry like uh, the, the sports marketing business is what I got into, which marketed athletes, found endorsements for them. That's basically what I did the first seven or eight years I was in business. The memorabilia business and collectivism found me mainly because it had no structure. It was all over the place, and it needed somebody to kind of departmentalize everything. It needed some credibility. There was a lot of interest in it, and I happened to jump into it at the right time. And, and, and I'd like to think I've added some pretty keen important elements to it, an industry that didn't even exist before I got into it and uh, to mm-hmm. help turn it into an industry that now is multi-billion dollars. And I'm uh, very grateful to have found it at the time I did. And, and I've made a lot of players a lot of money, but more importantly, I've made a lot of fans really happy to get them closer to the game and get them some of the stuff that, you know, from their beloved athletes that they know now is real. They know where they got it and with some comfort as opposed to prior to me getting into it where it was a little sketchy. Do you ever see that side of it and memorabilia side falling off and value ever falling off? I, I was a big collector as a kid, not as much anymore. Um, but do you see that at any point um, ever falling off? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that, you know, if you're collecting to make money and you're collecting, you know, similarly, you know, from a stock standpoint or an investment standpoint, I mean, you got to be, you know, you got to be educated. You got to know what you're doing. Yeah, I mean, like anything else. I mean, I, I've bought, I bought a couple of flat screens about, you know, 14 years ago that, you know, I sell for about 300 hours now. And you know, at the time, I bought one uh, plasma flat screen for 20 grand. It's mm-hmm. like 500 hours in the store now. So, I mean, a lot of things change in, in every industry. Um, I think you got to be careful. I, mean, I tell people not to buy from an investment, you know, for, unless you really, really know what you're doing. You can make money if you do. 
but buy what you love, buy what you can enjoy. You can actually buy something, there's a potential that can go up in value and get real enjoyment out of it. You know, you go buy IBM stock, you know, you know, it may go up and may go down, but you're not getting a lot of enjoyment out of it. You know, you're not working at IBM, you're not getting any enjoyment out of that piece of paper, that stock certificate. But, you know, you go and buy a, a, a baseball signed by Hank Aaron or Eli Manning football, I mean, you can put that on your table. You can put that in your office. You kind of get some enjoyment out of just, you know, what that player means to you. At the same time, it may or may not go up in value, and you get a double, you know, it's kind of a double whammy. How do you guys determine the pricing on some some of your items? Because some people could say some of it's on the high end. Some will say that you, you guys have great deals on stuff. But how do you how do you guys usually determine that? It's a great question, and I think the what you the two things you just said are true. I think we do have a lot of great deals, and I do think we are on the high end um, because when you're dealing with some of the biggest and best names in sports, the high end does seem to creep in, and sometimes that works out, sometimes it doesn't. A lot of the, a lot of the pricing, which I used to have a much bigger say, by the way, uh, mm -hmm. 15, 20 years ago when I was really much more in control of the industry, it was a lot smaller, and I was a, you know, a, a guy kind of blocking down knocking down a lot of doors and doing a lot of things for the first time. And I was setting up a lot of pricing for a long time. Then the Internet came in, a lot more transparency, so things changed. But a lot of it has to do with supply and demand. I mean, market, team you play on, the amount of people that want something. I mean, you have a player that plays in Pittsburgh, same player plays in New York. player in New York is going to charge more, get more, more demand, uh, more money, obviously, in a, in a market like New York than maybe in Pittsburgh. Uh, and so on and so forth. There's some exceptions to that, but it is difficult. I mean, I, I think it is tricky, but um, my, one of my biggest complaints that if I were to knock myself is that I wish that some of the starter players, you know, early entry into the game, rookies, uh, players that win something for the first time, I wish they would start off less expensive. And a lot of it is take it all, make as much as you can, don't worry about tomorrow. And instead of building a brand and instead of really getting your stuff out there and creating a little legacy and realizing if you put out some cool stuff, people will have that forever in sports bars and offices. A lot of players have the, are determined to make as much money as they can at that particular moment. And they're more concerned with what they can make versus what they can build. So do a lot of players, when they come to you, they'll determine the price point? Sometimes. I mean, listen, I'd like to think that I'm an expert in this area, and I'd like to think that I have an understanding of the market and what's a good play to go mm -hmm. make the most amount of money. But a lot of players are focused on getting paid the most at that particular time. And even though they don't know anything about the business, they'll want to dictate. Huh. And in some cases, they're going to dictate. I have no choice. It's not like there's another one of them standing behind them. You know, some of these players are one of a kind, and there'll be nothing like them, and there'll be another, never be another one like them. And some of these cases, the market that they've created for themselves is a short window. You know, we don't have a lot of time. We've got to jump on it while people are excited. We don't know how long it's going to last. Um, so, you know, you're dealing with a lot of that kind of insanity. It's, it's a very commodity, stock market-ish kind of thing. But then, you know, when you're dealing with true Hall of Famers, guys that are have won uh, MVPs, won um, championships, won Rookie of the Years, going to go in the Hall of Fame. Those are guys that know that there's more of an annuity in this industry, and they can make money year in, year out. People are going to want to collect them for years to come. And they're a little more humble, smarter, 
Um, and they're open to a little more strategy, generally speaking. Yeah, I mean, younger guys, say like a Matt Harvey early on, they were trying to cash out as much as they can exactly. uh, before things went bad, and obviously they did for him. Brandon Steiner joining us here on the Jake Brown Show. You have added Boy, you, uh, you get You get right to the core of the matter there. Yeah. <laughs> and it's crazy, like, you know, the money that Harvey was asking, yep. but, but he was a hot commodity there for about 18 months. Syndergaard, too. Well, I think yeah. he's still a hot commodity. Yeah. I mean, he early on he caught fire, and – uh, people would go all in for that kind of autograph, but these guys are charging a lot. Like I, I mean, I used to go to the the Westchester County the sports card show that they had every month uh, back in the day when I was a kid, and um, I met like twenty of the sixty nine Mets over the course of a bunch of a yeah, year, years. Rothstein shows with Mantle, DiMaggio, and yep. it's amazing those, those days. You get you know you get a Mickey Mantle autograph for you know for twenty five bucks. Yeah, you get a Joe DiMaggio autograph for ten bucks back yeah. in the uh, mid eighties. Yeah. Crazy. And I went to some of the Steiner ones when I was younger. I think I went to the the Keith and Garrett, Keith uh, Hernandez, Gary Carter signing yeah. um, when I was younger. So it's interesting. Uh, you've you've had you guys add Steph Curry to the mix here, and you've had well, some. I love Gary Carter, by the way. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. I mean, yep. He was a quality guy. I've dealt with him since '86. Yeah. Same thing with Keith. But Gary was a special man, and miss him. Um, you know, he was a quality Matt. They should retire his number, just as an FYI. Sorry. Yeah, uh, he no, he was uh, a legend, and rest in peace, of course. Uh, probably right there, and probably right behind Piazza uh, as the, uh, the best catcher in Mets yeah. history. Um, who's who's the number one name that you've had walk through your doors there? I mean, you guys have had so many different legends, but who in your mind is the greatest? In, in well, your, your mind? you know, it's so many, um, and and we've been very privileged. I think we're about twenty-five million autographs we've secured hmm. over the last 25, 30 years. Shirley Muhammad Ali, we had him for about four years exclusively. He was, mm-hmm. you know, unbelievable to work with and great relationship. People loved the products. He was just such a showman uh, with doing meet and greets with him and his autograph. He just loved the whole concept. He just loved people, serving people and sharing with people. That's what made him so special. Um, we've done, uh, obviously, quite a bit with Derek Jeter over the years. He, that's a big name to have for his entire career, which we were grateful to have. So that was a biggie. Um, you know, another guy that really I don't get a chance to talk much about, but probably was a big part of our company coming into its own because it was an outside New York name, was Walter Payton. Hmm. You know, Walter was a guy that I did some marketing stuff with, and I used to call him all the time and beg him to sign. He would never want to sign for money. But if you caught him out in public, he would sign, and he, you know, he, he would do anything he asked, but never wanted to do public signings or private signings. And when he got sick, he had come to us. And I think we did about 20,000 autographs, only to be sold after he passed. So he knew he was not going to make it. And uh, it was one of the bigger things that I had put myself in the middle of. I didn't even realize how popular and big he was. And then also Hank Aaron. I mean, um, I did a great – if you watch on YouTube, I did a great two-part interview. You still don't see a lot of interviews with Hank. He did a – he was on my couch. We forgot the camera was on. Huh. And it was probably about an hour interview and all that doing two parts. And uh, he was a great name. We had him for about six or seven years, eight years. And uh, what I loved about Hank was I just saw the transformation. When when we first met him, he was a little salty maybe. But he ended up being a really happy guy. Everything has pretty much worked out for him, which is Mm well-deserved. And the one thing I didn't realize is that he was more than a great home run hitter. He was a five-tool player. His total bases, fielding, speed hit for average, move runners over. He could do it all. I think, you know, him and May is probably the two greatest players. And 
Mantle would have been right in there too if he didn't get hurt. Hank. I still love talking about old baseball. Though. Yeah. I can talk about it forever, man. Yeah, I'm, I wasn't alive in the Hank Aaron age, but he has the same birthday as me, so I share wow. fe- February 5th with Hank Aaron uh, coming wow. up in a month here, Aquarius. Um, That's my daughter's birthday, man. February 5th. Wow. Yeah. Oh, everyone's got the February 5th birthday, all the stars. Uh, usually the Super Bowl. Uh, last year was on the Super Bowl, so I had my birthday yeah. on Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, so it kind of takes a back seat to the Super Bowl, unfortunately. Um, who who haven't you guys kind of who haven't you secured or who haven't you been able to get that you really wanted? What player? I mean, you know, we've worked through a couple of things recently. Like, you know, we never can get Patrick Ewing, not because mm. he did it with anyone else, but he just was. And then eventually we broke him down. And I love Patrick Ewing. So happy for him coaching at Georgetown. People don't realize he's going to be a. He is a very good coach, and he will win. I mean, if you're a big man, you're going to probably go play from a Georgetown. I think he's maybe the best shot of bringing that program back to life. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got him. He was one of the toughest guys. Never got him during his career. Only got him about three years ago, finally. Uh, Mike Piazza was another tough one, but we eventually got to him. As he got into the Hall of Fame, he started signing. And uh, we did some stuff with him, but he was always a very difficult get for us when, it, when a guy like that in New York is so hot. Why was Piazza um, so difficult? Um, I, I think he was thinking he was just going to save it for it, the end of his career. He didn't really want to be bothered. He was also a very intense, very intense guy, you know, very into winning and, and playing his best. And I don't think he liked a lot of distractions. It wasn't like he was doing a lot of anything else. He pretty much was focused on his game. And I only talked to him maybe about three, four months ago. We did a live Q&A in the city. First time I ever met him. It was weird. I'm on the stage and I'm, I'm talking to him, and he was a different kind of guy than I expected. And, and one of the things I realized is that he was just one intense dude. That you know, he never, you don't really look at him that way, but he's not like this, you know, this. But he was a grinder, and he was very sensitive and focused to his game and, and being the best catcher he could be. Not, and uh, that's where he put his energy and time and. and we had talked about it on the stage along with some other uh, good stuff that you come out with that uh, I learned about him that day. But signing autographs and doing kind of marketing stuff was definitely not a priority for him during those times. But, you know, when you're in my seat, you take everything personally. <laughs> um, I think, you know, I'd love to get like a Bruce Springsteen to sign. Oh. i really like to get Obama to sign. Um, I was really close to doing something with Clinton and it just didn't work. But you know, I'm a big fan of President Clinton and President Obama. That would be amazing. I think especially Obama, too. It's such a— uh, If you get Obama, you might as well just retire after that. I mean, you well, can't, you I, can't I don't think be, If we're doing Obama, I don't think it's going to be to, from a profitability standpoint. I think it would be more of a cause-related uh, thing that, mm-hmm. you know, we go and knock out a cause and we donate a big check to something. I don't think it's—he's going to go sign and let me go make a boatload of money, <laughs> nor should he. I mean, he's a, a former president, and he represents, you know, quite a bit. Um, and I'm sure he's made enough money where he, he'll be, he'll be, that money will be going to the, a library or some good cause. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, Bruce Springsteen's another one that, you know, it would be really nice to have some Bruce Springsteen. Billy Joel, maybe? Posters. Any Billy Joel? We had, we were close on Billy. I, I think Billy. I think we could do a deal probably with Billy Joel if we want to pony up the amount of money. I'm, I'm, I've had a couple windows where I thought we were close, mm-hmm. but it's a pretty big commitment. And... I think it's worth it. I mean, I think he's a living legend, sure. one of the great rock and rollers, one of my favorites. So many things I could think about uh, doing with him. And a Long Island legend, so you got the Roseville Field Mall store. <laughs> so there yeah. you go. I mean, people yeah. will yeah, do anything. I love him. I mean, be, so, I mean, I think it's like 
you know, from a sports standpoint, I mean, we've kind of hit most of the. I'd love to go and get some uh, some premier soccer guys and get get a little deep. But some of them are signing now, but not the way I would want to do it. But I'd love to get outside of it and get into some more rock and roll and and some presidential or pop political stuff would be fun. Brandon Steiner, Steiner Sports CEO. You can catch him on Project X, his show on Facebook, uh, to hear see all the entrepreneurs and. Maybe you might catch a Paige Hathaway or someone uh, that'll catch your eye. So make sure you check that out on Facebook. There's some pretty good guests. Facebook. Gary V. Mm-hmm. Good, we have, we have Gary v. guests to come on. It's, mm-hmm. it's been fascinating. What do you think before we go here about the Giants coaching search? Who do you think they'll end up getting? I don't know. I mean, you know, I think the Giants have their own way of doing things. One of the reasons why I love that organization is, you know, they're not a fly-by-night hype driven organization mm-hmm. and that's what makes them special i mean they they don't uh, they don't they don't panic um i think right now they're a little disappointed because i think they thought this was going to go better than it did i thought they probably jumped the gun on coughlin a little bit they probably should have stuck with him one more year and set up the exit strategy better he deserved better to leave better in my opinion but you know the, the giants um are extremely well owned i think everything starts from the top and if you want to find, you know, find me a good company, I'll, I'll, you know, find me a good CEO or owner. And I think it's very true with the sports teams. If you look at the best sports teams and look at who owns them, you'd see the correlation with the winning. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt. Um, and uh, you look at some of the teams that are really struggling over the last 20 years, it's, it's, it's ownership is shaky. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and good management, you always find a, a way to win. You always find a way to kind of find your way. And that's what the Giants have. They have very good management, good ownership. Uh, they made some changes. But I'm only hoping, I'm not as worried about the coaches because I'm just hoping that they, i like to see Eli finish his career out as a Giant. I think it would be the right thing. I think he's still got plenty left. I think they're going to draft a quarterback and, and Eli will hand the baton to them after next season. Well, well, yeah, I mean, I think he probably – and I think that's the kind of thinking that may push him out because I think he may want to play more than that. Mm-hmm. But I, he hasn't said that to me. But I was with him right before they decided to break his streak. And, he, boy, he looked like he, he was a little kid that lost his dog. Hmm. I mean, what a bummer. I mean, I just think – I think the world of him. I think he's a special guy. And in New York, we're lucky to have had him for these many years. Uh, he's a quality, quality guy, that, a lot of character. Yeah, Giants fans love Eli, and that was a difficult moment. We'll see how much longer he has. Brandon Steiner, Steiner Sports, uh, good talking to you again, man. Appreciate yeah. it. Happy New Year. I tell you, man, we need a break in New York, though, other than the Yankees. It's been dry, huh? Oh, t- I mean, I'm a Mets, need- Jets, Knicks fan. How do you think I'm doing? It's terrible. I think 2018 is going to be our turnaround, man. It's going to be a year that we, we just go kick some butt all the way around, hockey, basketball. Uh, I want to run the table. If an, we need it. We, we've been in like the Sahari Desert here. We're winning. If an eight seed for the Knicks is kicking butt, then I guess. <laughs> I, well, I've got to have faith. Go with yeah. the youth rather than, you know, spending a lot of money on guys. That, you know, yeah. like, I'd rather go see the youth and let's see if they can figure it out. But yeah. you're right. It's, how about the Nets? No, I mean, they're, they can't stay healthy, and they're uh, fighting for a 13 seed, basically. Oh, God. <laughs> Well, I'm keeping my fingers crossed in 2018. Hope tonight, next time I talk to you, we got all kinds of playoff runs going. I hope so. For for your sake, too, for business. Always good for no business. No question. I'm yep. for the money. Yep, exactly. All right, man. Take care. All right. Take care, man. Appreciate talk it. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, 
You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.